When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. On today's episode, we celebrate Codependence Day, the advantages of being the bottom, and Steve from Blue's Clues makes us all cry. All that and more on today's episode of Bad Advice with Lori Beth Denberg. Help me out, almighty Lori Beth Denberg. Give me the vital information so I get the red light to do, yeah. to the Bad Advice Podcast. Woo! With me, as always, is Clark Crozer. Hello. Hello, Clark. How are you? I'm good since you gave me this new ice. <laughs> you like my new ice machine? Well, I will tell you, I will say to the listeners who I don't think have, have heard this important bit about me. Oh, yeah? I love ice. Yeah. Any drink I have is mostly ice. Yeah. And if I don't have ice, if I can, I will put whatever my beverage is in the freezer for a mm-hmm. while. But, so I came over here to, you know, do this podcast and talk my brains out. Yeah. So now I need some water. Yeah. I get ice out of the refrigerator, clinkety clank thing. Clark comes in and goes, you know, we have better ice. (laughs) And I'm like, really? (laughs) So there's this little ice machine that makes a little kind of chewy pellet ice. It's like Sonic ice. I think that's what most people know it as. And it kind of like squeaks when you chew it yeah. like cheese curds. Yeah, exactly. So I'm pretty fucking pleased with that. <laughs> I have this like goblet of ice slash water. Yeah, it's amazing. We've been using it non-stop. Every morning Lex goes to school. We fill his thermos with ice water. He, he still comes. It's amazing because it's the little pellet kind. You think it would melt really quick. Yeah. But in the thermoses, it stays alive for like hours and hours. He came mm. home from school one day and his thermos was still clinking from the ice. Nice. I was like, that's pretty amazing. I Thank love you, this technology. Ice. <laughs> but you're doing good. I'm doing okay. Have you, been doing, you, what, what? have you been doing anything fun lately? I have been. I've been. I've been busy. Yeah. I've been. I yeah, have me too. all of a sudden a lot of. Uh, uh, obligations. <laughs> yeah, right. This is a wonderful life I have. All these <laughs> obligations, and at the same time, manage to get nothing done. So I'm yeah, looking right? for a way to relax. Are you doing yeah. anything this weekend? I, see, that's the thing. I'd love to go see a movie. Yeah, I, but it's still COVIDy, mm. and I, I I haven't gone into a movie theater in over a year. I used to love seeing movies, and now it's even worse. Because the you, our friend that we worked with at the ad agency mm-hmm. named Chris Cowan, ah. he is a badass like uh, cameraman now. Yeah, he is in major movies. He worked on Wonder Woman. He's worked on like really big movies, and he worked on this new Shang Chi movie, the new Marvel uh, movie. Okay. And, I, I re- desperately want to go see it. I want to support my friend. Yeah. I want to make sure that the movies that he works on make lots of money. And I can't do any of that because is stupid COVID times. Yeah, I I agree. And I will also say that I have gone to one movie. Have you? I did. Okay. I went with my friend and we went to see M. Night Shyamalan's Old. Oh, because, the people at the beach. Yes, the people at the beach. And because, as I put on Facebook, we love M. Night Shyamalan. We don't care what you say. <laughs> All um, right. But, and so how same, was it? I mean, it well, well, being at the theater was strange. Right. There were very few people there. It was okay. like this super nice, yummy theater where you order the food to your, to yeah, your little seat. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, there were... I mean, maybe six of us in the theater. Who okay, knows? that's not that horrible. And, it, and we were like masks, except for when we were eating. Right. But I, 
Yeah, it's it's weird. It was very strange going there. Right. And the movie itself had tons of trouble, but we still <laughs> loved it. Because M. Night Shyamalan's films are just like immaculate. They're great. He has a definite style. If he you like his style, style yeah, that then I like. it's kind of like any movie he makes you'd like. Uh, yeah, I would say that I, I definitely liked it. And it was definitely creepy and emotional, all those yeah. kind of things, even though I was like, Really, dude? <laughs> oh, no. Something must be going on since you're only showing me the back of this person uh -huh. at length. Yeah. Oh, no. I wonder what I'll see when the camera turns around. Oh, no. Um, and so there was a lot of like that kind of hoking. And the whole, the thing that really bugged me is what happens in a lot of movies where like, it's really clear what's going on. Maybe not why. Right. But what is going right, on. Right, right, right. But still for like 45 minutes, they're like, what's happening? Oh, no. And it's like, well, this they got old. <laughs> they got old. Something's on this beach and you can't get off it. This is what's happening. Yeah. I don't know why. That's a much better, you know, question. Right. But it was still that like, what is happening? <laughs> It's like they didn't even read the script first. Right, exactly. But um, so it was really strange to be there yeah. at the theater, but it wasn't it wasn't very packed. And it's like you're being you're being on this tick more carefuler than me. Yeah, but a little it's, bit. I, it's I just, really frustrating. I'm so nervous. And then the, the worst thing is our favorite local movie theaters are now dead the pacific because all the pacifics are gone yeah so those were the main theaters in the valley here that we used to go to and now they're all dead so you can only go to amc and i don't know i just it's it's been weird i really want to go back but this is the bailout we needed yeah exactly I get political but like fuck the banks yeah we why need... didn't pacific theaters get a bailout right Oh, they should have gotten one of those small business loans that, yes. that Chick-fil-A and Corner Bakery got. <laughs> exactly. Um, yeah, it's... It's weird. It's weird, and it's difficult, and you go, what the fuck? Yeah, we're, well, we're living in weird times. I know. You know? Everything around us is just odd and and weird and, and never seen before. Never and seen like, before. It's everything is new territory. And then it's like always like, it's going to get better, right? Yeah. It's getting better, right? And no. <laughs> and then I'm going out and doing a lot of stuff. Like, well, okay. I don't know. I mean, and I'm very respectful. Anyone, anyone listening to the show knows <laughs> that I do take COVID seriously and I take precautions, but I have been going out and living. I mean, we've talked that I've gone, yeah. we went to the Hollywood Bowl. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know? Yeah. So it's like you have gone out places. Sure, sure. That's, I'm, I just get nervous when they're in closed places. Yeah, 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 yeah. Which the Hollywood Bowl is open yeah. air loveliness. <laughs> exactly. You know, I don't know. You could... It, would it matter to you how many people were in the movie theater? Without a doubt. If I knew I was going into a movie theater with six people in it yeah. and I could sit like far away from yeah. as many people as I wanted, I, I would go in a heartbeat. But I'm scared that I'm going to go and there's going to be like 50 idiots there that are like, oh, no, nobody's wearing a mask. And Well, what if you went? I mean, what I would say is... I I wonder how how if they're selling theaters to capacity or not. I have but no I idea. also think if you go to see this movie at the first you know matinee yeah. on a Wednesday, yeah, that's true. You know, that's true. That you might have luck, and you might even ask them like, "Look, if there's too many people right. here, can I get my money back?" Yeah, I'm so used to you know pre pandemic. Karen and I had that AMC. Oh, the thing like, that bankrupted them. Yeah, well, no, that was Movie Pass. Yes. We had that too. <laughs> but yeah, we had that card where you could just see like three movies a week. It was amazing. So actually, going up and buying a ticket is going to be a new experience for me. Oh, right, exactly. <laughs> for a long time, yeah. So you're like, what is cash? <laughs> exactly. I was once, I think I was at Chili's and, you know, years ago, yeah. it's probably longer than I think they started putting those like, not iPad, but like tablet right. things on the table and right. you like order stuff through it and then you do your you bill pay on your it. Bill, yeah. But I had cash and I'm just like looking and I'm poking at it <laughs> and the waitress comes up and I really just look at, I have the money in my hand and I go, 
can I still pay with human money? <laughs> like, I really was just like so confused and oh. so upset that the world had passed me by. Right? And she laughed and she's like, yes, you can. Don't worry. <laughs> oh my goodness. Oh, oh my goodness. Yikes. So my advice, yeah. my bad advice yeah. is fucking go to the movies naked, yeah. no mask, lick oh. the seats. All right. No, I mean, that's an interesting thing. If you could ask the ticket yeah. taker manager, like, look, if too many people come in here, can I just get my, get money, my back? money back? Yeah, that's a good idea. That's good advice. Thank okay. you. Thank you. I appreciate hey, anytime. that. <laughs> Especially when it takes up time during this particular hour of our week. Right. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> uh, speaking of like things that, uh, are rare that have never happened before. Yes. We had a very rare occasion this week. We got a little video message, didn't we? Not us personally. Oh my God. No, but the it world was. got he, a video message. He, no, it was just to me personally. Oh, okay. oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh my God. Steve Burns, who's definitely not listening to this podcast, <laughs> but who was always a yummy potato back when, you know, because our, our paths crossed. So we're talking about Steve, oh, Steve from Blues Clues. Steve, Steve from Blues Clues, Steve Burns. Made a video and released it this week that was basically just like apologizing for leaving. Yeah, well, it was a, it's the 30th anniversary of Blues Clues. Of Blues Clues. And so all of a sudden he's there and it's uh, Clark and I talked about it like a little briefly. And it's interesting because when the. Video first came on. We both thought different things. What yeah. did you think? I thought as soon as it popped up, like, oh, this is an advertisement for something. Somebody found Steve from Blue's Clues and is getting them to, like, say all this stuff so that at the end there could be a big twist. And yeah. it's like, oh, go, you know, buy this product. Priceline. Yeah, exactly. 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 But, uh, I mean, it was kind of an ad but not really it really i mean it it's was like for an the acknowledgement 30th. exactly yeah. exactly it's, what it did you think it was emotional tool yeah well i was just expecting because everything in the world is so sarcastic and eye-rolling yeah that it was gonna turn into something like goofy and avant-garde uh, and then i'm watching it and it's like not and yeah. he's like Telling me everything. Meanwhile, okay, let me preface this by saying when Blue's Clues was on, I think I was in my 20s. Yeah, exactly. No, if it's the 30th <laughs> anniversary and right. I'm 45. Right. So you were I was 15, 15 when it started, but then started working for Nick. Yeah. You know, Elodian. Yeah. <laughs> Just in case. Just in case somebody yeah. thought you were working for uh, Nick Giapopoulos. Yes, exactly. <laughs> um, so, and, you know, ran into hang out with Steve Burns at a couple. Right. He actually gave me once a uh, stuffed blue. Oh, like I got a stuffed blue how cute. From, from Steve. Steve. Wow. Which I then gifted to a friend's like young child. <laughs> and I'm like, God damn it. I don't even like her anymore. <laughs> have that and um so yeah so i was i certainly was like well out of that but i loved it i have all these pictures of me at an event right that um where there was all this blues clue stuff and i'm like sitting on the chair yeah. talking to slippery soap and talking with mr salt and mrs pepper and, oh, or, or mrs cool. pepper and mr salt i can't remember I, we're gonna get we're gonna get killed for that on the internet <laughs> And I, you know, I could really, I mean, still now, if it was on, I'd be like, a clue, a clue. Because uh, right. that's how I am yeah, in real life, yeah. regardless. <laughs> um, so yeah, he just starts this, you know, video, and then it's this weird apology, and then it's this weird, like, uh, you know, I mean, everyone and everyone's on the Twitters and on the everything are doing these like reaction stuff. You right. know, I never forgot you ever. And it's like, oh, man. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah. It's just really, really. I'm afraid to go touching. back and watch it again because I'm sure I'll just like cry. But, yeah. but if I need to cry, <laughs> it'll be one of those things like girls go, I just need a good cry. Some people put on the movie that right. makes them cry. Look at the old pictures. I'll be like, kind of put on Steve's video. again. <laughs> But it's just, I mean, that's that's the thing that I can appreciate, you know, coming from my point of view, yeah. where people come up to me and say, you know, how much 
I meant to them, how much all that and the show and blah, blah, blah. Yeah. And, you know, it's like, I know what that's like. Yeah. I literally know what that's like. Absolutely. So it's to to see the outpouring. For, first of all, to be affected by it as though I was five years old watching it. <laughs> exactly. Which Clark sees me rolling my eyes because, <laughs> you know, a clue, a clue. <laughs> but, um, I did yeah, find it, was it just gorgeous. I did find it cute that clearly uh, he's, you know, probably he's older now. Yeah. So when you get older, when men get older, they tend to lose their hair. And yeah. some guys, when they start to lose their hair, they just go, fuck it and shave it all off. Yeah. And I'm pretty sure that he did that. I'm pretty sure he's just bald now. But uh, he's wearing the hat with the green crayon yep. on it. And I'm like, oh, it doesn't look perfect, but he still no, looks right. Exactly. You know, and he had that same like, I wonder if they made like if that was a real shirt from the time or if they remade uh, it for him. I think he because wears he was, one every day. He was totally wearing that stripy oh, yeah, shirt he was, that he wore in the show. Well, I mean, again, he was Steve from Blues Clues. Yeah, he his, really his name was. Is Steve Burns and he's like a performer and a musician. Yeah. But so he was portraying Steve from Blues Clues. Yeah, totally. But um, yeah, it was, I mean, it was just so special. Really awesome. And I think shit is so hard. Like you're here sitting, you know, sitting here saying, I really want to go to the movies, yeah. but I can't. And it's like, you know, these little things in our lives, even just the little things, yeah. let alone the big fucking things. Yeah. Like everyone lost their job. Who has money? <laughs> Who has life? Who's right. had a hug? All of that shit. Right. You know, and it was just, it's, it's these little things out of, out of nowhere. Yeah. Like a message from Steve. Yeah. From, from out Blue's of nowhere. Clues that was just like, oh my God. Yeah. Man. Hit me in the hearts. Yes. Well, um, that was amazing. And uh, I'm sure we'll talk about it more later, but for now, there are a few of our fans that are uh, desperate for some answers. Are you ready to give some advice? Are we going to hit them in the heart? We're going to hit them in the hearts. Okay. Number one. All right. Here we go. We're yes. going to talk to, well, we're not going to talk to, but we're going to listen to Jamie's question. Okay. And Jamie says, hi, Lori, Beth, and Clark. I spoke to you guys a while back about my sister not giving me my space. Well, I have something I would like to add on top of that. So in addition to my sister not giving me the space I deserve, there's another thing I've noticed over the years. She and my mother have developed this codependent relationship that is very unhealthy. Now, I love my sister, but she has a mean streak, clearly stemming from her manic depressive bipolar disorder. Mm. My mother is constantly making excuses for her, such as, oh, she's just having a bad day or that's just the way she is. I know a lot of it has to do with losing my brother a few years ago and then a sister that died before I was born. My sister has been this way for as long as I can remember, as well as their relationship, which I can't stress enough, is unhealthy. How can I address this to both of them without hurting their feelings? Enough is enough, though. This has gone on for far too long. Uh, Jamie, I do remember what I mean, you reiterated some of the facts. Yeah. But I remember that you said and you gave us the same stuff again. Your sister is bipolar, is mentally ill. That's right. Um, but an adult, as your mother, I'm assuming, is even older than you guys. <laughs> I would hope so. Is an adult. <laughs> so the bottom line is it's their relationship. Yeah. The question is. Because I do remember your sister wanting to spend all the time with you yeah. and and you needed your space. And how do I say that without, you know, and then you're dealing with someone you take care of who's mentally ill. And yeah. how much do you give of how much do you give up? Yeah. Of, of you your life. Yeah, exactly. To acquiesce or to give other people what they need. But if you're just talking about your sister and your mom, it's their business what they're doing. The yeah. question is. Yeah. Does shit go on and pieces fall apart that you then are expected to pick up? Right. If that's the case, then you can say, and obviously it sounds like you do a lot of the picking up yeah. in your family to yeah. start with. <laughs> but I mean, you can always say something, especially if it's, if it's something where you're like, they're so codependent and it's, it's affecting my sister negatively. Like it's bad for her mental health. It's bad. Like right. whatever it is, you can address it and maybe address it with your mom. Yeah. 
Um, or, you know, or your sister, you know, I'm even doing this thing like, uh, Jay, I think I said this last time, Jamie, I think you and I are a lot alike. <laughs> so even I'm sitting here going, oh, I'd want to be protective of your sister and not upset her. It's like, she's an adult. Yeah. yeah. She's an adult yeah. with a diagnosis. And you said she's always been this way. It's like, yeah, she's always yeah. been this way because it's an illness. Yep. You know, it's a, it's a malady <laughs> that is what she's got. Yeah. Um. But if there are things that, how is it affecting you is right. the main question. Right. Or is it affecting yeah, you? Yeah, or is it? Other than the fact that you just constantly see them being unhealthy, codependent together, and the mom constantly excusing everything that the yeah. sister is doing, is any of that disaster falling onto you? Yeah, what's the fallout of it? Yeah. And that's where you can speak up for yourself. So let's give two let's give two answers, okay. right? So if the the mom and the sister are just doing their thing and being crazy together, yeah. what uh is Jamie's response to that? If it's I not hitting her. I wish I knew the details. Yeah, right. I I, I like, don't are know. Are they drag racing at 1 a.m.? <laughs> Are they doing that game with the knife on the kitchen oh, table? Oh yeah, like an alien. Where you where you try not to stab your fingers? Exactly. And they're like, "Jamie, come pick us up. We chopped our fingers <laughs> we off again. We need to go to the hospital. We put it in ice." <laughs> You're like, "Not again." So obviously, that is an extreme example. Yeah. If yeah, that's yeah, yeah. what's happening, I mean, uh, there is a third. You know. It, you could blow up the house and collect the insurance money. <laughs> there you go. Get them all together being codependent. If there's any animals in there, get them out. Yeah, there. Yeah, smart, and just, smart. just, you know, live on a beach. <laughs> live on the beach where you turn old, but no one understands why for 45 fucking minutes. Exactly. Um, so if there are things that fall on you, that you. fall through the cracks, yeah. that, that the codependent and the crazy mix up together and then spill over the pot. Right. And you're expected or feel obligated yeah. to clean up. You can say, I'm not doing it. Yeah. That's, you can say, you know, don't come to yeah. me with this. Yep. 100%. You know? But I, I suppose if you did want to say, if you did want to take that tack, you, it would be smart, wise, considerate, whatever word, good for you to say something initially. And right. it's not, it's not, it's hard to say, hey, two adult women, you're codependent. Yeah. You know, it's because it's working, you know, it's like your, your brother died, your mother's son died. Like this, some, some, I don't want to say, I was going to say weirdness, some perhaps unhealthy attachment or whatever right. is commonplace if not expected yes but adding in your sister's mental health and all of that kind of stuff you know who knows where the boundaries of like this is okay or this yeah. is damaging lie yeah and and but that conversation you right you get them either both or maybe one at a time you sit them down you have a little talk with them but i feel like it has to be more about the stuff affecting you than about how they interact together, yeah. right? Oh, you're not, is, you can comment a little bit on how they interact together, but this, you're sitting them down not to tell them they're being bad, yeah. but to say, I quit. Which is exactly what we told her about her last question. And she was <laughs> going to sit down. Yeah, no, no. I remember exactly. Like, she's going to sit down with her sister and not be like, you need to get out of my house. Right. But I need my time. Exactly. So basically, everyone can just listen to the first question we ever <laughs> answered on the show and just apply it to whatever's wrong. Yeah, that's a good advice. Um, it's good advice <laughs> to never listen to the show again. <laughs> Um, yeah, you're dealing with two grown women, even if they don't always act like it, Jamie. Right. So, you know, it's their business how they're going to act until it affects you. Yep. And then you have the choice to make of, I'm going to say something about this, or I'm going to not take part, or I'm right. going to, you know, and if you're the worrier, if right. you're the, the fixer and the worrier and the adult going into everything, it's like, it's hard when you're, I know, because I am, huh. 
you know, wired like that to take a step back and say, you know, this doesn't have to be my problem. Yeah. Not every problem can be fixed. No, not every problem can be fixed. And not every problem is a like what I was just like smishing on in my brain is like whatever they're doing that's codependent and unhealthy. It's not the same as your kid climbing right. on the railing of the balcony. Right. That's right. when you go, hey. I was about to say, hey, idiot, get the fuck over here. But I suppose the better tack would be like, oh, no, that's very dangerous. What would somebody other than your mom say? Yeah, exactly. Oh, my God. Exactly. So Yeah, I agree completely. Completely. Yeah, depending on how intense the fallout is from it. Yeah, 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 yeah. You either have to just let them be adults in an unhealthy manner. Yeah. And or say you can be adults in an unhealthy manner, but you're on your own when it comes to getting your fingers reattached. That's exactly right. That's, I feel like, the perfect answer right there. Good luck, Jamie. Yeah, that's a hard one. Sorry Um, about your family. (laughs) But hey, you got a good M. Night Shyamalan uh, reference in there, so that was nice. Um, All right, let's move on to question number two. And I'm excited to say question number two is a phone call. Oh, And I love this. It's from a wonderful lady named Jazz. Jazz. Take it away, Jazz. Hey, Lori, Beth, and Clark. This is Jazz calling from Philadelphia. Um, I need some bad advice, and I think you both are pretty good people to ask it. Um, A little about me, I grew up doing musical theater, different art and music stuff, uh, and in my 20s, I ended up getting into doing live music performing. All that being said, as much as I love the arts and have been an actor and all and a comedian and a lot of different things, none of those things make me money. Um, they give me a lot of other amazing things that money can't buy, but right now I need to pay my rent. And over the last couple of years, I've been thinking a lot about getting into production. And this is something that you and Clark have talked about a good amount on the show. So long story short, I need some advice on how a freshly 30-year-old girl with no experience outside of being a performer could get into the production world. I don't know anyone who does it. I just know little bits and pieces about that kind of job from watching reality TV and behind the scenes of reality TV. So if you have any advice on getting started doing production, that would be great. Sorry. This was long winded. Love you guys. Yes. Thanks for your call. Jazz. I do love the phone calls. Yeah. Um, yeah. The, my first, my first bit of advice is, you got to be absolutely prepared and willing to start at the bottom. Yep. A PA. Yeah. A PA is a gopher slash runner slash scapegoat. I mean, for the first month or two, you might even have to be PA intern. Yes, exactly. And even those jobs can be hard to come by. It is so much about where you or she say Philadelphia? Philly, yeah. So in Philadelphia, I don't know how much production is yeah. going on. Yeah. So that's a that could be an issue. Yeah. Let's give her really bad advice. Move <laughs> immediately <laughs> to New York City. I know you can't pay your rent in Philadelphia, <laughs> right? But, but New I'm sure York City. you'll be able to find a wonderful dumpster to call home <laughs> for just a little more than you're paying now. Right. Exactly. But so that that would be. You know, you say you don't know anybody that does that, but just research like what films in Philadelphia. Yeah. Or production offices. Yeah. uh, You know, anything related to the business. There's there's tons of stuff. And I know, Jazz, you're probably thinking uh, about a production job that's on set and, you know, you're bringing things or you're moving things or you're lighting things or whatever it is. 
But there's also the whole post-production or pre-production aspect to uh, making movies and TV, too. And there's lots of production jobs where you're kind of working in an office and you're working with a sound mixer or you're working with a lighting, whatever it is. There's tons of different avenues that you could find that might, you know, be in Philadelphia and then they ship everything to L.A. for filming or whatever it is. That might be a really good place to start, too. Yeah. So that is the first place is to figure out, do a little legwork, be yeah. a little sleuthy yeah. and see what productions are around me. Yeah. I mean, Philly's a big city. There's definitely things that will be filming there. And, and truly, I say that not knowing if that's true at all. It could be even as small as, you know, local news or Precisely. You know, lo- local television channels. Yeah. Because a lot of it, too, is just getting some stuff on your resume. Yeah. Can't get work without experience and you can't get experience without work. But that's why it's like, you know, be I was going to say be prepared, be willing, be excited to start below the bottom. Yeah, because that is where you're going to have. That's where you're going to have to start. Now, mind you, I feel like at least in my in my life, because I was a PA for a couple of different uh, Uh shows. Um, I do feel like it's not a lengthy stay of hell, right? <laughs> You're not going to be a, a PA for four years, right? PAs well, are she usually, really likes it. Unless you love it. Yeah, that's the thing. <laughs> if you love it, then yeah, you could stay there for a while. But I feel like being on in the production avenue of everything, yeah. you tend to kind of fall into places. Oh, somebody needs some help. I'm going to start helping them. And then all of a sudden now I'm a sound assistant. Yeah, exactly. That's the other thing is to, sorry, if you all just heard me, I'm so into this ice. (laughs) I just took like a big swig of water and I'm like chewing it. And I'm like, okay, Clark is talking. Yes. (laughs) But my microphone is still on. And I'm like, uh huh, like crunching this ice. Anyway, Jazz, get the ice. If that's, if there's anything you can do. Get the tiny ice. The tiny ice. But um, part of it, you know, is also as and I've talked about this, and of course, it's very different. I went in as an actor, right? So I had the the leisurely, you know, luxury, I could come yeah. and talk to everybody. But like, I just hit it hard and was like, "What's your job? What does this do? What department is this?" Can I say before you finish your your uh, statement here? Mm. I've seen you on set. You are one of the best, if not the most friendly actor actors actresses i've ever seen on a set you are constantly talking to crew you are constantly friending crew the crew always feels like others on the set and you did i have always done such an amazing job at making crew members be like hey she thinks i'm a person you know and that's what's so funny is that like People always say, God, you're so great to work with. And I don't really like I can see that I'm not awful to work with. Like I try to be on board and everything. But then I'll see other people or like hear someone like you say, yeah. it's like, well, no, no, not everybody does that. Yeah. So, yeah, I'm, I mean, I'm I, worked all into for, it. I worked for a show and they we the, the writing offices were here in L.A. So I worked here in the writing offices, mm-hmm. but they didn't film. Uh, uh, they didn't film here. They filmed up in Vancouver. Ah. So I never got to be on set i very rarely new york exactly i'd never uh really saw a lot of the actors but man i would hear horror stories of some people that were just so rude and mean and it's just unnecessary it's unnecessary it is very unnecessary i don't know It, it always it was one thing that i have always loved about seeing you on set is how you treat the crew I like them. Yeah. They make me look good. (laughs) They do their very best. It's a tall order sometimes. But so, yeah, I mean, and the reason is, is because I know what they all do. Yes. Which is what I was, you know, saying is like, I know all the cogs in the machine. Yeah. I, I took the time and I had the very much the interest in understanding what everybody does you know and then actors are just like you're all here to film me right and it's like bitch yeah um so that's another thing you can do now if you end up being a pa that is a hard Hard job job. that is long hours that is lifting waters 
not like you know what I mean, like yeah. a, like cases of water, not a cup of water. Yeah. Oh god, oh, this, my back. This Avion bottle yeah. is so much. It's just I always the first thing I always think of when somebody mentions a PA is somebody unloading cases and cases of bottled water. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, that's very true. It's very true. Very true. But um, it will, it would give you the opportunity to meet people to whatever and you know and explore what production is and what what lies in production because clark is right there's like pre-production there's production on set there's production offices there's post-production there's you know uh what's it called even other other shit I mean, that, you could even go into advertising. That, and, that's and, the word I couldn't think of. <laughs> like promotion. Promoting, yeah. yeah. I was just really trying to think of that. And I was just seeing like big posters of people's faces. <laughs> you know, it's it, it it is a lot, unfortunately, about who you know. Right. And you're starting off like, you know, you're cold calling. Right. So if the first thing you do is see, okay, you know, here are the news programs. Here's what's filming here. Here's what's ever put together a resume put together a cover letter and send it out yeah don't do a headshot <laughs> no that don't one, do that a headshot and don't necessarily you know say because another thing that people will think is like oh you want a job as a pa of course so right. you can get on set and on be an set. actor exactly and it's like that doesn't sound like it's your intention yeah. but that is a thing where it's like yeah tell your story walking yeah and make sure so make sure your resume isn't like uh, in January of 2020, I played uh, Birdie in a local production of Bye Bye Birdie. Yeah. And then in 2019, I was in Sweeney Todd in the background. And that's and- what happens to me, though, when I have to put <laughs> together like a business resume. Yeah, yeah. It, it looks like I was in jail for 20 years. <laughs> Because there's this big gap in my employment from like 1993 to 2001. And it's like, I was at the uh, Institute for Nickelodeon. I just, and then it's like, oh, and then I was, and then my like regular little job startup. Right. It's like, well, what did you do during that time? (laughs) Just some stuff. Here's, here's some YouTube links. I wasn't in jail. But I would just really, you know, just put together a resume, put together a, a, a cover letter saying, look, I'm here to start at the bottom. What do you got? Yeah. I mean, maybe a little more professionally than that. Yeah, but that's but, roughly what it should say. And send it out to just anybody there because all it takes, I mean, is jobs beget jobs beget jobs. Right. So many of it is like, oh, my friend's crewing up on another show. They recommended me. Right. You know, and that goes from PA to lighting, you know, whatever. Well, like you said, it's all about who you know. So if you don't know anyone right now, being a PA will put you in front of the right people that you need to know. Exactly. And, and if you, can you, if you do a good job and impress them, then they'll know you and bring you along to the whatever next project they want to do. Precisely. Yeah. All right. Well, hopefully that helps jazz. I love your name. Uh, We're going to see her as like the main anchor on Philly One News (laughs) next week. Hi, I'm Jazz and this is the news. (laughs) This is weather. Oh, she's a weather girl. Um, All right. This we're moving on to uh, our next question. And our next question comes uh, from a gentleman named Stephen. And Stephen says, what is the best way to get over being rejected by someone you're absolutely fond of? Oh, Jesus. Yeah, a simple question, but a punch in the gut. Let me write into another advice show real quick and ask this question for myself. Right. Um, my general tack is to obsess over it mm. for two months to 20 years. Mm-hmm. Uh, somewhere between that to constantly check up on social media to envision how we're going to get married in the first song (laughs) at our wedding and then also how I'm going to run into them when I look really great afterwards and tell them off for Uh, not loving me. Okay. It's a real mixed bag. That's a, that's a pretty specific plan. Yeah. Okay. Um, but that's what's, yeah, (laughs) but actually his thing sounds more like, you know, like, I really like you. Do you want to go out? No. No, exactly. So, and here's what I'm really trying to focus on. <laughs> okay. 
It's like, I just want a man who wants to be with me. Yeah. So if you don't want to be with me, I don't really want you. Yeah. But uh, tell why can't I tell myself that? <laughs> oh, my God. Oh. Listeners, call back in and tell me that. Oh. Um, it is. That's that's really what I've tried to focus on. Yeah. In the recent past, okay. it's like because a lot of it for me is like, well, but it would be perfect if, right? You know, and it's like, no, it's not even a thing. It's yeah. not even imperfect. Yeah, it's nothing. Yeah, and that's that's really difficult because so much of it is built up in fantasy. It's mm -hmm. never been real. Yeah, that's it's right. It's never been real. That's right. And I just clinked my glass. Hey. That's a that's a sound of a glass filled with yummy ice. It is. <laughs> um, this this episode is brought to you by ice. ice. <laughs> Coming to get all of your Hispanic neighbors, oh, one citizen at a time. Oh, I know, no, right? Bad ice. Bad, yeah, bad ice. ice. Um. So is this from Stephen? You Stephen? Yeah, Stephen. Stephen. That is my best advice that I need to take myself. Yeah. What's the reality of it? And yes, you're, I mean, if you went to the trouble to ask someone out, I'm really proud of you. Yeah, that's I'm great. really impressed. That's great. And hopefully, and you know, you don't say what kind of rejection it wasn't yeah. like, you know, <laughs> I don't want to ruin our friendship or like, how did you get this number? Yeah, exactly. Or you're supposed to be 300 yards from me at all times. <laughs> Please get out of my bathroom. Exactly. Whatever that situation, <laughs> just pictured like her opening the toilet and him being like, like somehow he just like worked it out everything i think is why, a cartoon why is steven a droopy dog he he's like she keeps trying to throw him over the cliff yeah, and I then know, she'll right? open up a door and he's still there no! um so not knowing the rejection yeah the intensity of the rejection yeah and the intensity you know it's it's very nice actually that you use the words fond of i'm absolutely fond of this yeah. person yeah so hopefully that wasn't like the 80th draft and your first one was like murderously obsessed <laughs> right. how do you deal being rejected from the woman that is going to marry you <laughs> dead or alive no 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 but you know it's it, it sucks and it's that's the the price not i mean not the pride the <laughs> You know, no pain, no gain. Yeah. You take the yeah. risk. That's the risk. There's risk take. and reward, and then there's risk, you know, ugh, consequences. And it just, it's never going to suck. Like it'd be, it wouldn't be like, no, we'll thank you for your time. Yeah, exactly. But it's, it's about, for me, trying to really keep a lid on my fantasy of what it was, what right. it was supposed to be, what it was supposed to fix, right. what it was going to mean and what the next 30 years would look like yeah. as opposed to going like, eh, that was that, yeah. you know, it sucks. Being rejected sucks regardless. Yeah. 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 And then it's like, you know, I'm sorry, baby. Yeah. I wouldn't have rejected you. Or maybe yeah. I would have. I don't know. He's yeah. like, I'm absolutely fond of you, LB. <laughs> yeah, Stephen, I'm right with you. Yeah. Let's deal with let's deal with what we have in our lives and not what could be, because that's what gets me in trouble. Yeah. If yeah. I spend enough time thinking about what could be, yeah. I start to convince myself Ooh. it really could be. Yeah. Then the depression of the rejection is like amplified yeah. by 12. Anyway, um, so yeah, hopefully, Steve, that helps. Uh, if you uh, have more information that you want to add to the story, so we can give you more precise. Yeah, let us know who it is. We can we can help out if you want to be a little bit more specific. But uh, until then, yes, we have one final question for today. Are okay. you ready? Yeah, yes, this is sir. good. We have one last question, and this is from Genevieve. Ooh, yeah, I like that name. We have good names today. I like these. Uh, so, yeah, Genevieve says, my mother and biological father as a pair were such a train wreck that she never even bothered to file for child support because she didn't want him to have rights to then see me. And he refused to acknowledge my existence for years. I grew up calling my grandfather dad because he became my other legal guardian. 
I had a good life overall, albeit my mother had some mental health issues. I'm 40 now. I have my own kid and a husband. My feeling is both my mother and biological father had serious issues, and I hold no animosity towards my father. When my mother heard I might meet up with my half-siblings maybe in the future, she reacted poorly. Like, what the fuck? Why would I want to be that close to those people? Well, I've been talking to my younger brother for a year on the phone, and I met him in person recently. I adore him. I've told a bunch of friends. I want to tell the world I have this amazing brother. I really want to share this with my mother because otherwise we're pretty close. I also don't want her to find out from someone else. I'd rather it come from me. But other family members say I shouldn't tell my mother, that she can't handle it. Do I tell her? What do I say? How do I respond if she gets really angry? And that's mm. Genevieve. Genevieve. Yes. Yikes, a rama. Yeah. Because there's so much awesomeness in there. I know. This is exactly what we were saying uh, about Stephen's question. Like, this is all the info. Yes. This isn't a vague question. This is detailed information. So, the, the, as you, well, first of all, like, crazy awesome. Yeah. I mean, except for the part where your mom's a wreck. <laughs> um, but, what I was just thinking of was you'd frame it in this way. That's like, you know, you do want to share this with your mom. Your mom's important and you're close to her. Like you say, yeah. Um, and you can, it's not, you know, so hard to have that understanding of I'm the one that raised you and he did nothing and he was awful and all of this. And why would you want anything to do with them? Right. But it's like, it's them. That's the key. It's them. It's not him. That's really the key. Um, Is it him? Did she no. say that? He's not in like, she says she doesn't have any resentment towards him, but she is not talking to him. She's not okay. meeting with him. This is all just the brother. Oh, okay. So. That's pretty awesome. Yeah. And I mean, you could even like, I, I'm trying to think of how I would phrase this to your mom as like gratitude. Like, thanks for getting knocked up by this guy. You, know, you put it as I'm not talking about my biological dad. He's a different subject. This is a different person. This isn't my this isn't the person that you got knocked that knocked you up. Yeah. This is just some dude that had a troubled dad that I can commiserate with. Yeah. Right? No, throw no. it as like, hey, I just want to be friends with somebody that's, you know, in a similar situation as I am. And might have a spare kidney. <laughs> that's a great thing, too. Exactly. That's perfect. But I think that's... Like, I get that. Yeah. But then I also don't want Genevieve to have to, like, downplay what her deal is right you know That's true. because it's like you know yeah mom i i get it and i get the the resentment yeah. towards this fucking guy who was such a mess you were like i don't even want i don't want to do anything to even give it a chance of him coming back into our lives right but this isn't you know this isn't about him this is about i have a brother yeah i have other family exactly and it's not like you know, there's going to be that feeling of like, but aren't I enough? Right. Says Mom, aren't I enough? And um, whether, you know, whatever her reasoning is in that, it, it shouldn't preclude you. And it's not precluding you from going out and meeting and getting to know your your flesh and blood. Yeah. Gross. <laughs> but, um, you know you can share, try to share that with her. It, yeah. it doesn't have to be like, oh, here's what we did. And here's every, come, you know, be part of my trip that I right. took. Let me see the pictures. She could just say like, it's really nice to have someone to commiserate with. Exactly. It's really great to have another um, point of view. Right. On, on my, you know, my life. Yeah. Cause we had the opposite, but the same. Now it's, and I, you could, well, you can share that with your mom 
as far as what you're getting from the yeah. situation. Yeah. You know, and because if your mom wants you to be happy, which we assume she does. Sure. Uh, then that should at least be satisfying. And if she then goes, I don't want to talk about this. You're dead to me. Then you go, okay, I won't tell you anymore. Right. Yeah. And exactly. back out slowly. Well, hopefully that helps Genevieve. Other than that, though, that was our last uh, question of the day. Last one? Last one. So uh, we are done. Okay. I'm so happy. This was a fun, uh, a fun podcast. We got some good. I like the names. I was just happy with the names we got. Genevieve, Genevieve and Jazz. Jazz. Yeah, so just badass names. Jazz uh, <laughs> If you guys out there listening, if you have a question or a decision that's way. If you have a name. <laughs> if you have a badass name, uh, please send it to us and let LB laugh at your name. <laughs> send us your problems or your names at AskGloryBeth.com. You can follow us on all the socials at AskGloryBeth. Or just leave us a message with your voice at 1-855-336-2374. That's 1-855-DENBERG or 1-855-DENBERG. And you can find me on Instagram at LBDENBERG lbdenberg.com every time i can't i can't do it i'm on instagram i'm at lbdenberg i'm a thousand years old i am on twitter at Lori beth denberg and there's the Lori beth denberg fan page on facebook that's right you can book me for, hey, Rosh Hashanah's coming up. Oh, yeah. Rosh Hashanah. <laughs> if you want to uh, send a <laughs> Day of Atonement <laughs> cameo from me to someone you love slash hate yeah. slash need to apologize for, <laughs> if you need to atone, I'm the Jew to help you. <laughs> or uh, if you just want to get a cameo where you just drink and eat yummy ice. Yes. That would totally be doable too now. And I could do that on Rosh Hashanah. <laughs> there you go. No, 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 Rosh Hashanah, Yom Kippur. Yom Kippur. Um, which is the Day of Atonement, which yes. we were just talking about. I think I blew it and said the wrong one. Uh, um, right. anyway, tomato, tomato. Exactly. <laughs> uh, so you can book me for anything at cameo.com slash Lori Beth. That's right. And I don't know. Thanks so much. Yeah, thank you so much for calling and listening. And we'll talk to you next week. Can't wait to get your questions, babies. Bye-bye. Bad Advice stars Lori Beth Denberg and Clark Crozier. The show is produced by me, Jeremy Balin, and part of the Seltzer Kings Network. Our theme song is written and performed by Natty Ward. If you or someone you love is in need of some bad advice, you can submit your own question on our socials, all of which are Ask Lori Beth, or on our website at AskLoriBeth.com, or for a nostalgic twist, you can call 1-855-DENBERG. That's right, 1-855-336-2374, and leave your question there. Thanks for listening.